All right, this is a special Electrek uh, feature here. We are uh, interviewing Darren Palmer from Ford about the new F-150 launch. Darren, welcome to the show. Fred, take it away. All right, well, first of all, congratulations on the launch this week. I think this is, this is really important. This could be a very important vehicle for accelerating the uh, EV transition in the US specifically considering you guys uh, already have the best-selling vehicle out there and it happens to be a F-150. But in order for you guys to achieve that, um, like you guys needed to hit the mark on all the specs and pricing. And that, that I think you guys made a lot of people happy in the EV community this week. So congratulations on that. The specs, the pricing is on point. I think the biggest question on people's mind right now is like, we all feel like you guys could sell as many as you can produce. So in terms of the production, where are you guys at with that in terms of hitting volume production and where you are in the entire process? So as you can see, we've been spending a lot of time with our customers to work out what they want. The team always do that for our vehicles and especially F-150. That is its secret, uh, how close we are to our customers. And it starts from fleet and it builds up from there and everybody else benefits from that. So I think you can see we're not in this to build a couple of trucks. And the facility that you saw Mr. President Biden in this, this week is the facility that's being built, um, and it's significant. And we also need to get the batteries to do this, and we are doing that. And you, you'll see more about that Capital Markets Day next Wednesday, but again, we're, we're not in this for a couple of trucks. We never share volumes for our products going forward, um, but you know they're reasonable, let's say. Speaking of President Biden, what was that like? Uh, I imagine he showed up and you guys were like, hey, do you want to go for a ride? Or how did that how did that all shake out? So that was amazing. He actually asked to come to see us because he really supports what we're doing here. Um, the move to electrification is built in America. The batteries will be built in America by UAW workers. And he this is really ties to what he wants to, to do in the country. So he came, he wanted to see us. So he came down. And he's a car guy. That's what he started the uh, message off with. Hey, I'm President Biden and I'm a car guy. And he told us stories about his family and how they own dealerships. So he joked he wanted to drive it. And the Secret Service were not looking happy about that. And and he said, I'm not, I might not be joking. And then after the presentation, he said, I want to drive it. So a couple of clever guys at Ford had decided this could happen. So they had it already. And we have the test tracks in the nearby. And they took him over there and they took a truck out and they let him let him try it. And um, Jim Farley, our CEO, said to him, listen, Joe, I want you to push that, mash that throttle. And he said, it's all right, Jim, I got this. And he absolutely took off. And it, I mean, it's a big object to go off at mid four seconds. You really see it move. And that's what he could. And then we couldn't get him out of it. <laughs> he was in the truck with um with our chief program engineer linda zhang and just kept asking questions and linda was getting worried uh about it and <laughs> she was saying uh yeah i'm, I'm you know i should thinking he's not supposed to be driving you know how long should we be here so but she uh she really enjoyed it yeah i guess it's the president you kind of have to just do what he says right <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he kind he kind of leaked uh, you guys a zero to sixty acceleration with that with that test driver. Uh, yeah, you cannot really get mad about the president leaking your specs. No, it was, it was great. It was great. I mean, we um we unveiled the truck behind him as well. We took a decision at the last minute to mm -hmm. do that, and we unveiled the truck. It was in the distance, and it was the best publicity. All the shots were yeah. that shot with the truck in the background, saying it was leaked, mm -hmm. and um, 
and it was the first look people got at it. So it was wonderful. I mean, you know, we hit a reach of um, uh, something like 800 million by, by noon on that day. So we really captured people's imagination and set us up for the evening show. Yeah, that was a masterful launch on, on that front with the Biden coming together. Uh, speaking of that, like leaked picture where like you see the, the front end of the of the truck. I think I think you guys did a great job of like keeping the truck an F-150. But there's definitely some some electric design accents, some some things that we're more used to seeing on, on electric vehicles and mostly having to do with aerodynamic, I assume, and, and the need for um, airflow being different in, in electric vehicle. Can you can you speak to that a little bit? Like what? Um, what do, what do you guys do in terms of like the aerodynamic changes to the vehicle and for the electric version? And, and, uh, so yeah, far? absolutely. So so first of all, we decided you know, what are we going to do, and we we don't do that on our own. We do that with our customers. So mm -hmm. we, when we launch the thing, it, we know what they're going to like because we've already done the work with them, both fleets and retail customers. And because it's a million a year, um, this is the first pool of people that will be looking at the truck. There are others for sure, but this is the first poll. So they told us they want it to look distinct. They want us to know, you know you're driving this new truck, but they don't want it to be different for different sake. This is a tool, the best work tool. It must do that first. So they, they need the bed. The bed is identical because there are so many accessories and they can just swap them between the trucks. That's what they want. A, a fleets want it and retail wants it. And that bed, the flat area at the top of the bed, absolutely critical that all of those accessories and things mount to that and the usability then we added the bev component so we took the engine out of course made this mega power frunk and we knew we were going to fill in the grill because electrics that's what you could do that gives significant aero advantages but we also changed uh, the wheels and we have a full bottom skid on the vehicle an aluminium skid that both protects the battery and is end-to-end -end on the vehicle to to for great aerodynamics Awesome, yeah. Okay, speaking of that of that battery pack now, you guys uh, didn't release the actual cloth hour capacity of the pack. You're using this uh, uh, standard range and extended range uh, kind of uh, um, naming scheme for for, for the packs. Uh, are you are you guys opposed to releasing the the battery pack capacity? Because this is something that happened with automakers now. Like you're buying a truck, but you don't know like the actual energy capacity of your packs. Oh, so um, our policy is very open. So all of our vehicles that are on sale, you have both the usable and the installed, and we we give the information and we talk openly about what they do and all, all, all parts of it. So yes, we will, but we didn't lead with it now because this vehicle is going to pull people in who never had an EV, and we need to tell them about what it does and how we've made it easy for them to use it and what it does for their life. And later on, we'll issue all of the specs. But we want the stories to be about really what it does. A lot of people, the 98% of the population, don't have an EV today. And, the, and many haven't even driven one. I estimate 95%. And they don't know what it does yet. And they've got an impression in their mind of what it does. And first of all, we need to explain to them what it does. For example, some think it's not tough. Or they say the Lightning wasn't tough before. I mean, it was a high-speed truck before. Not as good in towing, not as good off-road. With electric I would say it's tougher and it's just as high. It's four wheel drive. It's fantastic off road and, and it's very fast, much faster than the original as well. So you get the, and, and then it does all the charging and the home energy management and, and the mega power front. So we're focusing first on what it does for people, because that's what we believe is going to get people's heart, get, pull them in. Um, and all the figures and facts and figures that everybody wants will, of course, <laughs> we'll have all of that. 
available and we'll give that before launch. Yeah, I'm saying that because you just touched to it about the, it also powers your home. So that's when the battery capacity becomes really important for people because we were, especially set as a, as a giant fan of vehicle to grid or vehicle to anything really. So we, we kind of, uh, a, a lot of, of the, the importance of that feature of that vehicle to grid or vehicle to load feature is linked to how much capacity you have in your pack. Yes, so. it is. So, so this is the first time I think anybody's going at scale to do something like this. And so, for example, for most people's home, we, or you know it's 9.3 kilowatts, that's a lot of power. Mm. For most people, it's the whole home. So unlike some small generators where you have separate circuits, this is the whole house. It will easily power your house for three days. And if you switch off the AC and cut down the consumption a bit because you're in an emergency situation – you can power your house for up to 10 days. And Maybe. as soon as the power comes back on, it will start to charge the battery again, ready in case it's rolling or on and off blackouts. And by the way, we include that 80 amp charger with the long, long range truck because we want you to be able to charge it in eight hours and also to be able to charge it very fast if you're in between blackouts. Speaking of fast charging, uh, one of the specs on that you did release was that uh, it charges at 150 kilowatts, just like the, uh, the Mustang Mach-E. Um, and, you know, for a Mustang, that's pretty fast charging. You can get uh, a lot of miles pretty quickly, but this is a much bigger battery. Um, I'm wondering, is that a hardware limitation, the 150 kilowatts, or is that something that we could see maybe an upgrade somewhere down the road to 200, 250 kilowatts? So I want to bring everybody's attention to a tiny little figure just after that 150, and that's a little plus symbol. Okay. All right. And that's all I'm allowed to say at the moment. Well, that well, that's yeah. great. That's great news. Uh, I I should have had my glasses on when I, when I look at that. <laughs> um, yeah, I missed I missed that one too. So that that's great. Um, you know, back to the home charging. Um, you know, right now. Uh, you can charge, so it, it's a little bit complicated how you charge the home. But one thing um, that I saw that was kind of weird to me was that it's the DC comes out and goes to an inverter, but you also have a inverter in the back of the car. That <laughs> so I'm I'm surprised that there's not like somehow the AC. Like it's just kind of weird how it works and. Maybe you can explain a little bit about that. And then in addition to that, I think uh, when we were at the event, I mentioned that like, well, why can't the Mustang do that? And you had kind of a, a, a quirky smile. So maybe you can and elaborate hint, on that. Elaborate. Yeah, so it's a great question. And so in the way, so as I we explain to people, we'll have different levels of this. Many people, we will just explain. All they need to know is on the job site, it's 9.6 kilowatts of power. Frankly, a crew of 10, could use power tools all day long and still drive back home. And then you come back again the next day. And by the way, you have an ATM charger so that it will charge in one night that big battery and you're ready for the next day. So we very purposely put given that charger free with it and, and give everybody the tools they need. And then most people just also understand it can power your home. They won't get into why and how. You, mm -hmm. you understand more and your, your listeners are, more technically orientated. So, so the way it works is there's an onboard pro power. That's an in, that's an inverter that converts DC into AC to give you huge power. 2.4 in the front and the rest in the rear. 
So that's what you use when you're out and about. By the way, you can plug that into a house by running cables, many of them, from the truck into your home and plug them into various devices. That's an emergency thing. Mm -hmm. And you can do it now with a hybrid, a little bit less power, but you can do that. That's good, but that's not a permanent solution for doing it. This is different. This, the box that you get with it, the charging box, the ATM, is a bi-directional. So you, when you get home, you just plug it in one socket, and now it's ready. So first it will charge the truck using AC from the um, mains. In the event of a power loss, it will detect the power loss, and it, it's ready, and then uh, it will start emitting DC power from the two bottom pins. Hmm. Those deaths picked up by an inverter, which is on your wall, and that inverter creates 220 volts, which powers your home at 9.6 kilowatts. So you correctly ask, you need another box on the wall. Um, but this is not a hugely expensive thing, mm -hmm. um, and we've given you everything else that you need. So you only simply need that last box, and they're installed, and then you're ready to go. And now, as far as most customers are concerned, you plug it in, and you are protected against any blackout for at least three days, maybe 10, um, and, and and you're ready for anything. So that that's the basics of the system. There's more as well, but I'll, I'll, start, I'll stop there for the moment. And then, uh, you know, we were kind of surprised that the Mustang is pretty much the only, uh, yeah, maybe the poorest I can, but the only uh, plug-in charge capable uh, car out there right now. Um, I'm, I'm assuming the, the F-150 will also be plug-in charge capable? Uh, very much so, yes. So uh, all of our vehicles will be. We're trying to make them, it's completely effortless. I, I've, got, I've got to make it easier for people and solve their problems before they have them. Otherwise, it's a barrier for people. Mm -hmm. The early adopters, um, innovators we call them at the moment, you're under 2%, they're willing to learn, read about it, get excited about it, and, and forgive issues. And, and they have there's a learning curve. Um, mainstream customers are not willing to go through that. And so we have to solve it for them before they know. So we need them to just plug in and it just works. Um, when it, some charges won't work plug in, well, you plug them in and you press a button on our app and it, it authorizes. Before that, as you know, you had to have a, a subscription to each of the different charging networks and search for them on some app, whichever app, best app you can find, and deal with problems and they're broken down and all things. Mainstream customers can't have that. So the network is just coming into its own now, all, all of them. Um, it went plug and charge just this year. It has, we, we already have the biggest AC network, but it's the DC network that most people are going to use when they're out and about. And we already have the biggest DC network as well. Um, but by next year, we'll have, a, we'll have a huge DC network and many, many, many will be plug and charge. They're the ones I prefer. You just walk up, plug, done. No authorization, no nothing. And, um, and, and that's what's going to make it easy for people. When they realize it's easier than gas. I, you know, I, I drove to Chicago last week. I, I drove, parked, plugged, and then I went to walk away. And as usual, somebody comes up and wants to talk about the car, the Mac-E. So I talked to them for 10 minutes, get a coffee, come back. I've already, I just got a coffee, came back, and it's already charged back up to 80%. And I went off on my journey. So the inconvenience was literally nil. And um, and I haven't gone to a gas station for eight months. So that's what people will understand over time. But, yep. yeah, they have a slight barrier to it in their mind, right, at the moment. And, and the more we show people, the more they're going to realize it's easy. So 
on that Mustang, uh, is that does that have also the capability to uh, send out uh, a DC charge? Well, you asked me this question before, so you know we're we're going to launch bi-directional power on the truck, and that's where we're focusing. That's what we're going to launch it on first. Uh, these cars, all they are doing is connecting that D, those two DC ports to the battery. That's all they're doing. Mm -hmm. It's not complicated for the car to do it. There's a other some other factors in there we have to consider and so on, but. Really, that's all they're doing. So that's all I'm announcing at the moment. Um, you know, the rest you could work out yourself. Yeah, right. and um, we're we're still sticking with the the power to home thing because I, we we do think it's a very important feature. It's like it's going to be a big untapped market for electric vehicles. You have those big batteries, especially in trucks, which might might be the difference here, where you guys are, are launching in in the truck first before the Mackie or any other vehicle. But with the F one fifty, it's also a very popular truck for. With, commercial purposes with, with commercial fleet uh are you guys working directly with some uh, fleet customers on on that because th there's a if you have a large fleet of those f-150 electric lightning then and they have the power to load capacity vehicle to to load uh this the, this is there's millions of dollars worth of uh like grid services and things like that are you guys are already looking into that or are you just focus on like um backup power in current in terms of an outage or something like that so uh, everything um, on F-150 comes from the work and the fleet. I, I like I said recently, it's like, like a top drill, right? The drill is made for a work site. A top make drill is made for a work site to be used all day long and tough. When I buy a drill, I want that drill. I want the best tool, right? I'm not going to use it to the what it can do, but I want the best tool. F-150 is just like that. So everything we did on it is made first for fleet customer and work and they and the top five percent of abuse really of them is is that and so it's made for that and and all of the things that we develop for it are made in conjunction with those fleet customers so so the answer is yes we are looking at that with fleet and, and we're looking at also how we support them to go electric because they need support there's all sorts of factors you know about loading and power and and all those things. So one thing I'll point out is not the obvious, but is absolutely a game changer for them. And that is we include this ATM charger with all of the long range vehicles, which runs off just normal factory AC. And they can charge their work truck from zero, from low nothing to maximum in under eight hours. And they can also load balance across their factory and they you know can switch on and off the charging when it's the lowest cost for them. But they're going to be able to say, well, that truck's only down 30%. I'll wait until midnight to start charging it because I've got a lower rate. And, the, and that ATM charger does that for them. So it's a game changer for them. And it requires a 19 kilowatt onboard charger to do that. So we've included both of those for free with the vehicle because that's what our fleet customers have told us they need. And also businesses where somebody drives a truck, they bring it home at night, and they used to fill it with gas themselves. That's how they do. They store them at their home. But in this case, they're going to charge them at home. And again, it can charge on low-cost electricity. And we can bill back to the uh, fleet manager the cost of doing that at somebody's house. That's all part of our fleet services. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. Um, one, one fleet that uh, Ford uh, has kind of owned in the uh, past is, is uh, police cars. Uh, do you anticipate uh, any F-150 uh, cop cars coming at us at, you know, 100 miles per hour 
uh, in the near future? Or is that something more like a, an, an electric explorer somewhere down the road? Uh, I, I love those police cars. Since I came over to America, they, they just look so cool <laughs> compared to what I have back in England. So they are, they're amazing, those police cars. And, uh, and our team have worked with uh, those for the police for years and years. And, uh, you know, they're, you know, the Explorer is extremely popular. Before that, there were other vehicles. So our team, again, they're very close with them. They, we call that a fleet as well. And they're really, really close. So um, they were actually, some representatives were with us last week just before you guys were, mm -hmm. and they were looking at the truck, and they loved the truck. They loved the idea. And uh, we had made that mega power front as big as it could be. It's an unusual shape, and they told us that's exactly what we want. Give us every millimeter. I don't need square. I need every millimeter. And he took the, the guy took one look at that and said, that, oh, my God, finally, we can store weapons somewhere that's properly lockable and safe. Uh, we've wanted that for years, so this this looks really interesting to us. The the, the front is big enough; you can you can store a, actual uh, a suspect in there. Too. A couple, a couple <laughs> suspects, a couple of <laughs> not just not just uh, weapons. There's an escape button in there, so they can get out. Oh, no, 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 okay. Well, I'm sure you guys can remove that for the police uh, <laughs> police version of the of the truck. Um, so, uh, is it fair to say that you're you're uh, basically in charge of the of team editions at, at Ford, right? The yeah, Team Edison was a team we put together, and I was uh, a founding member of that with uh, mm -hmm. Ted Canis was the first guy in, and he brought me in. We worked together as a partnership, and we had different groups to work differently to learn what we're going to make and how, what shall we do. In that, in that group, we made the strategy. We will electrify icons, which doesn't mean put a motor in. It means reinvent them, and every vehicle will do more than a gas vehicle could ever do. That's one requirement. A second requirement is that they make money. If they don't make money, the company will not push them and it won't go forward. Dealers won't sell them. It doesn't work. So they all have to make money. Um, and, then, and, 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 and then we'll go through all of our different icons. And they have to, they get the heart. The transit's more cost of ownership, of course, but each one gets the heart. So this is our next one in our $22 billion portfolio. I've got a few more for you after this one. So, yeah. and, and they get more and more even they just get they keep getting more and more exciting so um yeah that was our philosophy um, my job now is i'm now general manager for bevs mm -hmm. so i'm in charge of everything to do with making the business of bev work and, and get better every year my uh, colleague ted canis is now in charge of all commercial uh, and he's there to make commercial better and of course half the commercial is bev so we're working as a partnership on both of these uh, as the the general manager now of uh, all battery electric, and for I'm sure you're a bit biased about that, but do you can you foresee? Um, let, let's start just with the F150 because I mean it, it is arguably the most important vehicle in in the U.S. Uh, period. But can, can, do you foresee? A, uh, and if you do, a timeline would be very appreciated, where the BEV version takes over the fossil fuel powered version. Well, we'll have to we'll have to see take up. I mean, for me, I, I think they're a no-brainer. I mean, once you experience the thing and how it feels to drive, it's like it feels like a luxury SUV. It's mm -hmm. silent. It and it pulls a ten thousand pound trailer up a twenty-five percent grade as if it's not even attached. You can stop on the twenty-five grade and continue on again as if there's nothing attached to the back of the truck. When people start to see that, it's going to get their interest, and then they'll try one. But it does take people time. Even smartphones, when they first came, and you said they were wonderful, the first people that got them said, this is going to take over everything. 
it still took 10 years for everybody to realize. And many was, oh, that's not for me, you know, until they experienced it themselves and or a friend or somebody told them, and then they took it up. So this is the barrier. And I'm reading a lot of psychology books at the moment, and Ted's really into this as well, telling us how might I find out what people's blocks are and help them understand what they do. We, we did a little bit of it last year where everybody kept saying to me, yeah, but you can't do an electric truck because it doesn't tow. So I, I said, can we just tow a train or something? Let's just stop this stupid question. And, and they said, well, let's do it. So we towed a train, 1.3 million pound train with 50 F-150s on it. And we said, okay, can you stop asking us if it tows, please? Mm. So we, it was, we purposely did it to just to break the myth, myth busting. So mm. I'm, I want to do more of that now to help uh, to help people understand what they really do and, and, and maybe show them what, they, what it can be. Are you guys up for a uh, tug of war with a Cybertruck? I'm up for real world challenges doing things that real people do that they use every day. That's that's what's going to matter for I'm F-150 always driving. doing tug of wars with my truck. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know what are you talking about? <laughs> well, thank you very much. We're out of time, Darren. Uh, this has been really awesome. Like, I can't wait to. Uh, learn more and, and see more from the F-150 and what Ford has next. So very much appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, I'll keep listening into your um, productions. And thank you very much. Thank Take you. Take care. Go ahead,